Hi, CityCast listeners. It is time to wrap up the week's news. I am here today with CityCast lead producer Dina Kespa and CityCast cultural contributor Antrochelle Dorsey. It is Friday, August 12th. 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right. Dina and Aunt Rochelle, let's talk about the news. Let's do it. Let's do it. Dina, what do you think the biggest story this week has been for Houston? It's got to be the 11% bump in pay that HISD rolled out for its district teachers. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in history that they've gotten such a large increase like this which is amazing, but also it has me worried thinking about where the cuts are going to be made in order to make this sustainable and possible for the district. Yeah. Dina, you're always a sensible girl thinking about balance. So I'm just being real. <laughs> it's a good question to ask, where are the cutbacks? We don't know yet what it is because they're still talking about what it is, not right. what it actually will be. So that's, that's kind of sucky. What are some things that they're talking about? Um, so they're looking at ways to save money. And obviously down the line, the things that they're considering are including cuts to central office funding and potentially the consolidation of schools. What does that really mean, consolidation of schools? Because that worries me. That means, yeah, that means they would shut down some of the small schools, which are more expensive to run. And a lot of those are... I think they call it under-enrolled. The building has room for a lot more students than kids who want to go to that school. Mm -hmm. And so it saves a lot of money. Uh, but the problem is a lot of times these are schools that really matter to a neighborhood, a community. They tend to be yeah. in like the black and brown mm -hmm. parts of Houston. And people hate the idea that you are shutting down their oh. high school, their elementary school. I mean, it, just the inconvenience for parents, too, because for them, it's like this is the best place for their kids, proximity-wise, everything. And to think that that could potentially be what happens, it's not right. It's not fair that in order to pay our teachers, we have to cut in other places that also matter just as much as paying your teachers a fair wage. That was my question. So how do we do it? You know, it's like... We do so many things. We fund so many places. But when it seems when it comes to the education of our children, that's where we have an issue. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? Yeah. And I think most parents don't care if you're cutting the central office staff. They really care about who's teaching yeah. their kid, who the teacher is in that classroom. It's also not fair to the central staff that would be cut because that's like a job that they lose. Even if it seems insignificant to parents, it's like to that family that's being cut, even if you're just like a staffer, it's significant. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a hard choice. But they've got to do something because HISD can't hire enough mm -mm. teachers. They are yeah. short. Yeah. I think it, the last number I saw was by more than a thousand teachers. Yeah. But you guys, you have to understand, you know, it's getting bad when they're just asking anybody with a degree to come and like they'll oh, give you. Yeah. Yeah. They'll give you the certification later. And it's like, y'all, this is not good. <laughs> this mm -mm. is not good. Could you imagine yeah. me teaching somebody's child, telling them to sit down <laughs> and shut up? That would not be good. <laughs> Because my nerves get bad if kids get too loud and what I'm supposed to do. What mm -hmm. that is not good. Like y'all, that's that's 
that's not good. I combine some of this idea about that we're going to have a ton of first-time teachers with this idea that teachers should be armed. Can you imagine like a first-year teacher who doesn't know how to handle a high school class dealing with a bunch of teenagers with a gun in their pocket? I don't think that's a great idea. I'm not really too worried about the guns in their pocket. I need you to educate mm -hmm. my child, right? Because mm -hmm. I really feel mm -hmm. like, you know, with, with that gun there or not, a lesson still needs to be learned. Yeah. And I feel, oh, I actually yeah. would feel better knowing that you have a gun because if anything pop off, you better save mine. Ooh. <laughs> this is a whole Hi. other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. Well, look, we can revisit this, but you better save mine yes. or I'm coming uh -huh. for you. If I find out that at any moment, at any time, that there was a chance that you could have saved mm -hmm. mine and you didn't, it's me and you. And you better hope that, that whatever situation happened, you went down in that one because you're not going to be ready for this one and I'll bring it. But you know what? Let's go somewhere else. Let's oh, <laughs> okay. I got your back, Andrew I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm telling you, whoever is teaching the classroom with Andrew Shell's kid, they better be paid a lot. <laughs> All right, Andrew Shell, what do you think the big story is? So, y'all... I thought today was going to be a good day for news, but at the way we're starting, I don't think so. Mm -mm. It's not. It's not, <laughs> because I'm about to get you even heavier. Uh, a story that's so that's big right now is causing a lot of attention because it keeps changing. Everyone is talking about this Houston mm -hmm. nurse charged in a crash that killed six people in Los Angeles. And the reason why I'm bringing oh. this story up, because although it was mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, this involves a Houston nurse. This was a traveling nurse. And this story just keeps getting... Crazier and crazier because we don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, first, it was alleged that she was driving drunk and that she was uh -huh. on a, a crazy phone call with her boyfriend. Then it was alleged that she was trying mm -hmm. to commit suicide. And now there's no evidence of either of the two. And now they just keep focusing on that she was a traveling nurse. So now I'm just mm -hmm. concerned. Right. Was she sleepy? Was she overworked, mm -hmm. right? Did she just get yeah. off of a shift? Right. There's a lot of different narratives that have come out since they've identified who she mm -hmm. is. And I'm like, okay, wait, the story keeps changing. Mm -hmm. Why does it keep changing? Absolutely. And it's hard to figure out, like, okay, what, what actually happened? Absolutely. So as this story keeps unfolding, we cannot, yeah. you know, forget about the six people that were killed by this woman from Houston. Did she run a red light? What happened? She ran a red light. It was so bad. I wish I didn't watch yeah. the footage, honestly. I'm almost feeling like... We cannot figure out what's going on because there are probably so many layers mm -hmm. to this. And mm -hmm. I don't know what this nurse is saying, but I, I, it's like my heart goes out to her. But I'm also thinking about these mm -hmm. families of these six people. I'm thinking about these families. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking about them. Um, only she knows what happened. And she's still alive. Mm -hmm. I really don't get how she walked away from that. Because that footage, she literally sped yeah. through. Mm -hmm. Like she was going insanely fast mm -hmm. and it was just like an explosion here's the thing do you think she's talking probably not because we don't know what's going on i mean they're gonna be criminal charges so she's probably got a lawyer they say she's charged and they're saying she could get up to 90 years to life for this mm. yeah this is deep this is deep it's heavy this, this is heavy, is heavy. All right, y'all, you're going to enjoy this because for once, 
my big story is really happy. Okay. Okay. I know you're shocked. <laughs> and in some ways, it's a small story, but I think it stands for something really kind of big. And it is this, that the Paraland Little Leaguers oh, yeah. have made it to the Little League World yes! Series. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if y'all saw this lovely bit from the championship game on Tuesday for the regionals. Um, they were playing an Oklahoma mm -hmm. team. And this is just the part that I love so much. The Paraland pitcher, a kid named Kaiden Shelton, mm -hmm. like, threw this pitch that just went wonky and it hit the <laughs> batter from Tulsa, a kid named Isaiah Jarvis. Yeah. And, you know, so of course, like, you know, when that happens, the batter is walked. So, you know, the batter Jarvis walks up to first base and this pitcher is mm -hmm. just crushed. You know, he knows that like, you know, he just messed up. He could have hurt the batter. And he starts crying on the mound. Yeah, it was such a sweet moment. So and sweet. the thing that just got to me is that Jarvis walks over to the pitcher and he mm -hmm. consoles him. He, he hugs him. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like this great moment of mm -hmm. sportsmanship that just makes me think, okay, this is what we need more of in America. You know, we need to realize that even though people may be on different teams, yeah. we're human. You know, and Lisa, this is uh -huh. a good feel good story because uh, Jarvis walked over to him and said, "You're really doing a good job," and that made yeah, me that, that was made so me precious. tear up. Yeah. <laughs> that made me tear so up because yeah. <laughs> he was like, "It's okay," yeah. you know, and he told him, "You're really doing a good job." Right. And I was like, "Oh man, yeah, we have had so much when it all costs sports that this made me so happy." And, you know, I will actually be paying attention to what happens with the Pearland Little League <laughs> next. <laughs> that is good. That was my moment of joy. It was so good. And that was my second story that needed spotlight. So we were all on the same page. We were all on the same page. <laughs> all right. So I beat y'all to it. All right. Dina, what is your uh, overlooked story? The one that should have gotten more attention. Um, for me, it was reading about the police presence going to be increased at like, you know, A-Leaf ISD, uh, Umble ISD and New Caney mm -hmm. ISD. I'm wondering what that really is going to look like and how they're actually going to implement yeah. that. I, and I don't even know if really that is the solution. You know, I just have so many questions. And it's like, how many are they going to allocate for each school? Because you're talking about that whole district. I, I just don't know mm -hmm. how sustainable that is. Are they just walking around and checking that the doors are yeah. locked or are and they also like, in the halls? are they doing this they, forever? Yeah. Like, is this it? Like, is, is it just going to be for this year? I know they're saying that it's throughout the year, but what about next year? What about the year after that? I just don't know if this is a real solution to school safety. Mm, yeah. Agreed. And how does it change the way it feels to be in a school? You know, I think that there's been a lot of talk that schools that have some sort of police presence often, you know, end up with more kids getting arrested instead of just getting detention. Mm -hmm. And that often leads kids to drop mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm not, 
I am not sold on it. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's not what I would mm-hmm. want to do. Same. Agreed. 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 Yeah. So the story that I think has been overlooked um, is a story that really dates back 10 years. Uh, a Houston guy, a guy from Houston named Austin Tice, got kidnapped. Um, he disappeared in Syria while he was working as a journalist. He was taking a summer off uh, while he was going to law school. He went to cover the civil war going on at Syria. He was working for, you know, kind of big time places like McClatchy and Washington Post and, you know, appearing on TV. And then toward the end of the period that he was planning to be reporting there, on August 14th, 10 years ago this Sunday, He disappeared. Um, And it's believed that he's being held by the government of Syria. And his parents here in Houston, after all these years, they believe he's alive and they are desperate to get him out. You know, they've been talking with Biden at the White House. They're, I'm sure, watching Brittany Griner as she's Mm -hmm. detained Mm -hmm. in Russia, wondering, you know, why this case, another kid from Houston, is getting so much more attention than their own son. And I just think, you know, this is a story that's been overlooked for a long time. It's been 10 years. So they still believe that the son is alive, Lisa? Do they have any confirmation that he's alive? So there are some sort of American security people who have some reason. Um, There is a suspicion that he showed up some years ago in a hospital to be treated for dehydration. Uh, there is a video that showed up on YouTube, you know, 10 years ago, a few weeks after he'd been kidnapped, that said basically, you know, that Austin Tice is alive. Mm-hmm. And it showed him blindfolded, being led up some rocky path by guys with guns. And that's really all we know. Yeah, there was a video that showed up like August 2012, shortly after he was captured. It was like a proof of life Mm -hmm. video that came up like weeks afterwards but there wasn't any like official information on whether he was really alive or dead his family had come out and said that but I mean as far as what really exists that video is their main thing so they've been trying Mm -hmm. for years to try to get their son And, and Trump had written a letter to the Syrian president saying, hey, work with us, let's try and find Austin, let's get him back, but that went nowhere. Yeah, Syria has not acknowledged any, you know, control or knowledge of what's going on with Tice, but that's what the White House believes. And, you know, his parents just say they want the negotiations to be started. So, so I'm watching that because, man... That's a long time. That is a long time. But here's the thing. Let's shout out to the parents for keeping Hope alive. I know if it was me, I would. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I cannot. And I don't even want to begin to imagine that because I'm, you know, I'm already not too uh, wrapped too tight. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I just want to bring, I want to bring attention to the fact that, you know, there are 512 media workers that are imprisoned around the world. And 34 have been killed since the beginning of the year. So I definitely want to bring attention to the fact that this is big. Like mm-hmm. media 
workers are being ta- targeted and they are imprisoned and there's not a lot of people that are fighting for them. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, we have been doing all sad news today. I did some happy news. It wasn't happy. I mean, like, it wasn't happy, but it was sentimental. But I got some more heavy news. I can't wait till we get to the happy stuff. Oh, I'm man. I'm actually happy that teachers are getting paid more. So oh, well, yeah. yeah, I'm happy about that. That's a, pos- that's a positive. That's positive. <laughs> but we do need to talk about the University of Houston mascot, Shasta Six. Oh, yeah. Passed away on oh. August 5th, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Shasta Six is the <laughs> cougar, the actual live cougar. That was living in the Houston Zoo. Um, who yeah, home was in the Houston mm-hmm. Zoo. Passed away of a progressive spinal disease on Thursday morning, yeah. and um, and the university is sad by this, and nobody's really talking about this because they're just like, eh. But you have to think about your mascot, you know, especially when it's a live mascot. It's the heart and soul of your university. It's gonna mm-hmm. be hard to replace. Shasta Six, but I'm sure they're going to to keep the mascot alive. You know, the actual live mascot alive. Mm-hmm. Keeping it at Keeping the Houston, it at the Zoo. Houston Zoo. Not, not on campus. Not at UH. Back in the not day. at the campus. No. UH kept it in a cage <laughs> on, on campus. campus. Which I always thought um, was pretty great. <laughs> there are universities that do keep their yeah. mascot on campus right. or have it visit, right? They must not be a cougar. Well, Rice has like some owls that live on the trees there, but that's different. You're right, not a cougar. <laughs> you know, no one's walking around with their cougar mascots. on a leash. They just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. So that's what I thought should get enough attention because it was just a little blurb. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, we got to say yeah. what's up to Shasta. Shasta is yeah. our live Houston uh, mascot. And Rest we got to. Shasta. Uh-huh. We got to, you know, pay homage. I agree. Okay. Do. Now, can we talk about good stuff, please? Lisa, please. What's making us happy, please? <laughs> I'm trying. I've been trying. What is making you happy, Antrochelle? Can I tell you what's making me happy? What's making you happy? <laughs> oh, please. I might yeah. cry, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to tell you. Y'all, in oh. 10 days, uh-huh. my only begotten son will be four years old. Oh. And oh. I don't know why... This year is so emotional for me, but I am just overly emotional. He was born in Galveston, and we take him back to Galveston every year. It's, we call it the year of return, and my child comes Aww. alive. He's recharged, and we we get a beach <laughs> house every year, and he just he cannot swim, oh. but he, he becomes one with the ocean and he is in it. He's it's like he's been there before and he knows it. But this mm-hmm. is the but I don't know why this year is so emotional for me. And I have been in a serious chokehold, you know, of emotion. <laughs> and I am happy. I'm proud. He's not even four yet, but he is reading on a third grade level. He is impressive. Well, yes, and he's not in any formal schooling. He is all the way in his mathematics, you know, in the second grade level. And I'm like, how did I get this genius baby? Like, Aww. I just wanted a regular <laughs> child, a little Google Gaga, and <laughs> we're here. So, but you're taking it. You're rolling with this. Yeah, you know, keeping excellent. him engaged and inspired and intrigued. Uh-huh. And I don't even know how it's happening. So that's yeah. what's making me happy. And this is the first year that he's uh-huh. like, since we left the beach last year, this year he has been saying actively for the entire year, 
when are we going back to the beach? And so I think this vibe's so emotional because whatever we do this year, he's going to continue to remember it. So I feel like this one just has to be the one that's really like, oh, this is for you. This is setting the pattern. Yeah. He's going to remember this this one. one. Right. He remembered last year. But now I think this is really going to start his real core memories. But shoot, he's a genius. So he probably remember when he was in my stomach. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And Trishel, you should be proud. You should be happy. You should be emotional. Man, raising a kid in this day and age is so hard. I mean, my dad always tells me, he's like, I had, we had it easy. Our generation had it easy. Good luck to (laughs) y'all. So honestly, with everything happening in the world, you know, not just diseases, the safety, all of that, I think, of course, you would be emotional. It's like, it's not an easy task to take on. So happy birthday to him. Right. Axonova, happy birthday. Uh, Motherhood is definitely the roughest hood there could ever be. And I'm from Sunnyside. (laughs) Sunnyside ain't got nothing on motherhood. You understand? All right. So the thing that is making me happy this week came out of the show that we did earlier this week about malls, about shopping malls. Um, Alan West, our architecture contributor, was tweeting about that show and the book that our guest, Alexandra Lang, wrote about malls. And Mark Mulligan, a Houston guy, responded, hey, did you know that there is a Houston band that sings about dead malls and also about swimming pools? And their name is Swimwear Department. Um, and I looked them up and oh my God, y'all, these are the nerdiest, funniest guys <laughs> on the planet. And they do in fact sing mainly about shopping malls and swimming pools. They name check people like Victor Gruen, who's important in mall history, which... <laughs> It's not what I expect from a rock band. Um, And when I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, I found out that they applied to be on NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. (laughs) And their application video was made inside of gallery furniture. Shut up. (laughs) So they go into gallery furniture, which is not a mall. They're singing about malls, but close enough, you know. And they encounter Mattress Mac. And they tell him, you know, basically, look, we're applying for tiny desk concerts. Mattress Mac goes into his spiel and he leads them to the desk section where they continue singing (laughs) their application. Anyway, they're delightful. They're funny. I really recommend that y'all look them up. I'm going to look them up. I'm going to look them up. I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. And I hope they get on the tiny desk concert because... Tiny Desk Concerts are the bomb. And that's how I have discovered mm-hmm. some of my favorite, favorite, mm-hmm. favorite, favorite artists. Yeah. You know, not to mention yeah. Houston's own Toby Nwigwe, who did a Tiny mm-hmm. Desk Concert. And it is epic. Oh, I didn't know he oh, did one. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Epic. Oh, okay. Epic. That's when the baby oh, fat, the oldest okay. girl, was the little baby sitting in her mama's <laughs> arms. It is epic. But yes, shout out to Swimwear oh. Department. I'm looking you guys up and I hope you guys get on the Tiny Desk concert. Okay. Yes, I like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, Lisa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys, they are way nerdier than Toby Nguyen. <laughs> Everybody is, I guess. Anyway, 
y'all, this has been fun. Has it? It's been kind of sad to me. Oh, okay. you're emotional. I was like, this one is sad. This one is sad yeah. news fix. I hope that the news is better for the next time I come around to do the news with y'all. I hope so, too. Oh, happy <laughs> news. is I don't know. It's hard to come by. Mm. All right, y'all. Thank you. This has been great. Always great time being with you yeah. ladies and talking news. That is it for our show today. Our lead producer is Dina Kesba. Our producer is Carly Owen Jones. Brooke Lewis writes our newsletter. Our theme music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band All the Kimonos. I'm your host, Lisa Gray. We'll be back on Monday with a show about why divorce in the Houston area is so mean these days. Talk with you then. And it doesn't give you that, you know, that high wired effect. I don't need that. I'm already like this. I just need to take off the sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just someone who doesn't really need caffeine, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>